Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned in to Espresso with Lan Lee. This is episode 10. It's almost Christmas. We're only two days away. Holiday cheer is here. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Christmas time is near. Oh man, what's up everybody? Uh, We are trying to be cheerful. Welcome to another episode of Espresso. It's me, the guy, the man, Lan Lees, and we are in here. Uh, Christmas is a few days away. Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, I hope y'all going to get what you want. And I'll ask you after uh, Christmas, did you get what you want? Because another holiday come up right after it. Well, you got to make a resolution about getting what you want if you didn't get what you want. (laughs) But yeah, Christmas is here. Um, You know, as an adult, when I as I got older, of course, Christmas doesn't have the same um uh I don't know feeling or cheerfulness as it used to have when you were a child because as a child, you knew you were gonna get things, and um as an adult, you don't know. <laughs> You know, you do it at work and, you know, uh, you know, your mom or your wife or somebody might get you something here and there. It ain't a whole lot. Um, nope. I kind of stopped really asking for stuff, too, as I got older. Uh, and as time goes on, I mean, this is something I've already known all the time. But people are but, you know, you become so uh, infatuated with material things and Stuff like that. So as I got older, I'm just like, you know, I don't need a whole bunch of stuff. Um, I do love getting uh, cookbooks and stuff for Christmas. I meant to ask my wife for this one, too, that I just uh, found that looked pretty dope. Um, Hold on. I got to tell y'all about it. You know why? Because you got to see. Oh, Ghetto Gastro, uh, Black Power Kitchen. It just has a lot of uh, dope ass uh, gastro type um, uh, recipes based off of uh, uh, I know some of it is soul food, but, um, you know, it's just based off of uh, a bunch of stuff. But anyway, you know, we uh, it's Christmas time. It's the holiday season and we here, Um, you know, I might get myself a gift. Too, I don't know what that may be, but um, you know, when we were younger, I don't know what y'all used to ask for, but you know, when I was a kid, uh, we only used to ask for um video game systems all the time because we knew that they were expensive, and that's pretty much all we was gonna get. Um, uh, I might've said something about this on the podcast before, but anyway, yeah, we used to just ask for the system. 
Um, and I remember when we first got our PlayStation and our 64 and all that shit and playing the games and, um, you know, uh, and then one year I think I asked for a little something different. I think I was 16 and I asked for the DJ set and my mom bought it for me. It was like this beginner's DJ set thing and I lost my goddamn mind and I had the basement like a fucking club. I had like a black light. I had all that shit. And I was down there just. Rick, 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 rick. Actually, I wasn't even that good. But I do know how to mix the records together. And plus the turntables I had weren't like scratch ones, really. I mean, we were scratching with them. Yeah. But um, there was a whole thing. I learned a whole lot about that. Um, Speaking of that, too, um, it just reminded me of something. You know, when I was. um. When I was doing that, I uh, when my mom bought me that, I needed records. And I only knew a one record store in Atlanta at the time that I can go get records called Earwax Records. Uh, I mean, you can go to Tower Records, too, I think, at the time, if it wasn't already closed down. But um, Earwax Records was real dope, and they had, like, all the new shit and exclusive Atlanta shit, lo- like a lot of local artists and local things and i really 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 fucked with that and um there was also uh oomp camp records and if y'all don't know what oomp camp is they were super popular here in atlanta and basically was running that whole crunk scene before um little john kind of blew it up i I feel like they all kind of did that around the same time but oomp camp had fire ass production and um they just had hype-ass songs, and I used to love everything about them. Baby D was one of the most popular people out of that group. Hitman, Sammy Sam. Man, everybody in Oomp Camp was fire to me, and I was thoroughly inspired by them. And DJ Jelly was one of the DJs who used to... Um, DJ Monte and DJ Jelly used to do a lot of uh, things with Oomp Camp, and DJ Jelly used to work on radio and do stuff like that, and... You know, they used to have their record stores, Oomp Camp Records. And so I would go to their store. My mom took me to one of their stores one time, and DJ Jelly was there. And he gave me a bunch of free records. I got the fucking Baby D and instrumentals and all this Oomp Camp shit. And he was like, basically, like, here you go, man. We got you. And ever since I took them records, I was taken off from there and was doing it. And um, shout out to DJ Jelly for that because... uh, you know, nobody talk about them enough. Uh, I'm I was very influenced by the Oomp Camp uh, sound, and it was kind of dark, but it was kind of hype. And you know, they was talking about throwing bows and all this shit. You know, um, and then you know they got that song called East Side versus West Side, but it was all fun and games. Uh, you know about all that shit, and we even used to like joke about that shit then too. Uh, it wasn't like. Amaretta coming out talking about what hospital where you born <laughs> talking about not Atlanta where you basically essentially dissing everybody who live in Atlanta or or dissing people you know not a good look uh but yeah we was out there like nah east side nah west side but um those were uh good times and i'm glad that uh dj jelly fucking uh gave me that shit and 
that was a good Christmas gift, and it and it uh, that was the gift that really kept giving because I kept on DJing and people was coming over, and you know from there it segue to um, doing beats and production, and asked my mom for like MIDI keyboards and shit for um, Christmas, and you know all that shit. Um, but hey, it was holiday cheer, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't even know what the hell we going to do this Christmas. Uh, wife's off work for a while. I got a few days off. Of course, we don't never work Christmas or whatever, but you know, um, sometimes we cook. I know my mom want me to come down to see her new house. My grandma going to be in town. So we'll probably go over there and kick it with them. Try to make them make us food, you know? You got to get some food. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so we'll try to get that shit going. Uh, speaking of my grandma, you know, my grandma came in town with something that I got to go get, which is another gift uh, to me. You know, in Detroit, they got um, a potato chip company called Better Made. Better Made potato chips are pure fire. Woo! I only seen a handful of gas stations here sell them. Uh, and I'm sure they are sold here and other places, but they are hard to find. And uh, she brought me a box of them. So, you know, this boy here who be eating got to get his hands on that motherfucking box. I got to. So, yeah, Christmas is around the corner and um, it is time. Um. You know, I was uh, also uh, thinking about how, like, I need to do things. Well, I really, uh, I think I always, um, this is my own issues of doing things by myself. Um, And I know that this has been an ongoing issue with me my whole life when it comes to just working with people or whatever, but... The movie theater I started thinking about today, and I was like, mm, what do I do? You know, wife's at work. She's usually at work when I uh, record the podcast. And um, I was thinking, shit, I should go to the movies by myself. And I was going to go see, guess what? Guess what I was going to go see? Avatar. Oh! Now, I know you probably like, boy, you were talking all that shit. And listen. I was talking shit because I do not like James Cameron's cockiness of him talking as if we needed the film because we didn't. But on the other hand, I do know that it is a uh, they say it's a uh, cinematic spectacle. I do know that the technology is going to be dope as fuck. Uh, I also know it's three hours, so I figured just to get out of my own head uh, for my own mental sanity that I would go and walk over there and uh, see it. Uh, I said walk because the movie theater is not that far from my house, but, um, you know, I thought I would go see it. Uh, of course, it gets it's got good reviews. You know, James Cameron is not horrible. He's done a lot of good movies, you know, um, uh titanic you know my mom took me to see titanic i was i was pretty young when that came out. i can't remember what year that was 
But, you know, Titanic was a big deal. And my mom's always about, you know, uh, action. She's like an action-packed person. But that movie wasn't, like, action-packed. But she always just took me to who whoever was hot at the time or Tarantino, any of that shit. She wanted me to see it. So from directors like Spike Lee, all that, she showed me all of it. Uh, which is probably why I think the way I do now, um, a little more, like, creative and just... Um, you know, I, I, I'm interested in a lot of things. I can, I can get into a lot of little pockets of things, you know, um, uh, and I might know a little bit of information of a few things, but, um, you know, she had took me to see all those movies and like one of my favorite movies from James Cameron is, uh, True Lies. Love that movie. And, you know, when I go back and rewatch it and I watch any of um, James Cameron films, uh, you know what? Hold on. Let me see what else he did. Because there's, um, let me see, James Cameron filmography. This guy, he was just so. Then the other interview he did recently, he was like, uh, I'm not going to say anything bad about Marvel. I need Marvel. And then he kept trying to change his tune since people was calling him out about being snobby. And I'm like, don't get mad that these um, comic book movies are doing good, man. Like, stop being a bitch. Um, damn, he ain't even done that many movies, but most of them have been uh, hits, though. The only one I haven't seen is called uh, Piranha 2, The Spawning. He did that in, what does it say? Damn, that movie cost $145,000. Uh, he did that movie in the 80s and 82. I'm going to have to look that up then so look I can up! see what it looked like. Because that was his first thing, but then he did The Terminator, Aliens, The Abyss, Terminator 2, True Lies, and Titanic. Then after he did all those movies, he was like, all right, got to spend the rest of my life doing Avatar because that is exactly what he's doing. And he said that this was a passion project, too. He said that it took him. He said he was done writing Avatar in like 95, the first one. And the technology wasn't there. And he wanted to make this whole thing where you can go to a whole nother world with new creatures and all this shit. Like, I get it. I get what you wanted to do. Uh, from the reviews, it's looking like the story itself is still boring, um, which I think that was the issue with the first one. I did not hate the first one. I just, I was like, it's good. It was good. That's how I keep trying to remember what I felt like when I left. Cause I went and saw it in 3d and everything. And I was like, it's good. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a bad as good or what, but I mean, I thought it was good. I thought it was uh, entertaining and I like movies, you know, one time this girl, um, one of my homegirls tell me, told me I just like everything uh, because we would watch movies around them. And when it was over, I was like, oh, yeah, no, nah, that shit was hard. That was good. Uh, she was like, no, you like everything. And I'm like, I don't like everything, but I, I do just take the art for what it is like i have to look at what that artwork or what they were trying to do you put it out you put that out told me it was the finished product so now i'll judge it off of that yeah and you know maybe you didn't intend for certain things or whatever but you know i mean i i like art so love it. 
sometimes it's not really bad to me, you know. Um, yeah, sometimes it's just not really bad. I'm trying to think. I'm sitting here trying to think of a movie that I thought was just horrible. And there are some right there, and I probably just can't get them off the top of my head right now. But, um, but yeah, movies are... Um, there are some um, movies that's that's just not good, I will say. Um, and there's movies that's not good that we used to watch when we were kids, but we still watch them now because, I guess, the, the nostalgic part. Um, but, you know. Anyway, uh, if I don't walk over there and see that movie today, then I'll probably see it at some point. I don't know about Christmas or not. I think I told y'all something about the movies. But, guys, I want you to know... I love film. If you go, you can go to my old uh, YouTube. I got so much shit on YouTube from when it first started. I think my original YouTube handle was Landlord85. So if you look that up, you'll see videos of like studio or when we first, like when we first started YouTube with the camera I had and when we found out about it and we were like, we got to post some videos and stuff. And, um, you know, plenty of ideas. Um, But. But yeah, um, but yeah, um, we, uh, are in Christmas and, you know, people usually go to the movies to see stuff and, um, I might go to a movie by myself first and then we'll take it from there. Uh, so yeah, what else going on y'all? Um, that boy Gunna is free. Uh, and ever since he got free, people are saying he a snitch, which at first I was like, uh, how is he a snitch? He didn't say no names. He didn't do this. But, I mean, he took a plea deal. The plea deal essentially can incriminate whoever else was with him in it. So, you know, it makes it harder for Young Thug to get out. I don't know anymore. You know, this whole snitch culture and all that shit. I mean, whatever. I I get both situations. I get both of them. If you a snitch, then you need to not be doing crimes. You need to not do shit unless you just going to get in trouble and take the charge for the part you played into it. Yeah. So, I don't know what you, I mean, yeah, that's what it is. You, I, and on the other hand, I get people who, uh, I I guess it's, it's hard when, um, I guess it gets even harder if you rich as fuck and then you go to jail and you facing a whole lot of time. Cause now you like, well, shit, I don't want to lose none of that. I got millions. And so now, or or someone who got kids and all this shit, and they're like, I'm not about to do 10 years in prison. I'm not doing it. So now they're looking for ways out to basically snitch but not snitch. Uh, What they call that? Dry snitching. Um, So, yeah, uh, basically snitch but not snitch. And um, I, I get kind of like, you know, you got kids – you try to put yourself in their shoes and they're like, guess what? You looking at 30 years from the shit we found, unless you give us something. 
and you got a way it out. You're like, well, shit. Do I give a fuck about these dudes? Do I give a fuck about, you know, me getting caught and dragging everybody else into it? Which is, that's exactly why people don't like snitches. Because they feel like if you got caught for that crime, then you take your time. Do not drag me into it. You got caught. If I get caught, I'll take my time. I will not tell on you for less time. I will not do any of that. But, hey, the culture has changed, man. Social media is out here. And younger people who've been on social media and and is constantly feeding their brain with um, material things and rich things and and flexing watches and flexing this, that, and the other, hell no, they don't want to be in jail. Same thing with 6ix9ine. Now, 6ix9ine, on the other hand, this motherfucker really walked them through everything. He snitched everything. He was like, nope, I was in the car with them. We did this, that, and other. He had the gun. He did this on Thursday at 4 (laughs) o'clock. Like, he was going everywhere. So, you know uh, 6ix9ine having a field day with all this. But, like I said about that whole snitching and people not even keeping it real anyway, if people really cared about snitching culture that much anymore... 6ix9ine wouldn't even be alive or he'd be like, and, I, and I'm not wishing that. I'm just saying that back in the day, I had more, um, I believed more that they would take down a fucking snitch. Like, nobody, everybody was like, don't fucking snitch on me. Same with tattletelling. That's the same shit. <laughs> People used to be like, he's a tattletale. <laughs> you know why? Because he told on everybody. Uh, because he was about to get caught or you're just telling on people because you want to feel some kind of power. But I don't know, man, what are we doing now? We snitching to get out. I tell you what, if I get in trouble with anybody or any of my friends or any of that shit, I'm not going to snitch. Also, I'm not going to snitch if, I don't know. I'm not going to say that. You might get told on, so don't do nothing illegal around me if I get in trouble. That's that's another thing, too. If you're doing something illegal around somebody and that person get in trouble and he ain't involved, oh, yeah, you getting snitched on. I just happen to be with you, but you over here moving meth? I had no idea. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, and that's what I mean. Like that material shit, um, got them fucked up and they don't want to leave it behind at all. Like they don't want to leave it behind. Oh man, that material shit got y'all really fucked up. I don't know if y'all been seeing the clip lately of, um, buddy, uh, damn, I can't remember the pastor's name, but like he's over here basically telling people in their face that, um, he scamming them and I'm like, bruh, this is exactly why I do not be fucking with the churches because it's just, yep. man, religion really got y'all in a fucking chokehold. This I'm, I'm trying to look for this fucking clip because this motherfucker was really, um, coming up with stuff. After they ask, okay, I think here go one of them, where he talking about, uh, um, yeah, you in church, and this man, listen to this shit. 
Here's the thing. Say, I don't want to say because I'm going to get all kind of crazy. Let people this is the pastor. You don't have jewelry. costs more in your house. Well, I'm telling you, listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. My first house cost $14,700. I'm giving you a chance to write your check out. $14,700. My second house cost $81,900. And this watch costs more than that. <laughs> because of y'all. Let me tell you what this, no, no. <laughs> I can really give you some, I, I don't mean that pridefully. Yeah, oh, you don't mean that. <laughs> Boy, these fucking pastors, man. That's crazy. And the watch he got on in this, um, what did it say? It say $114,000. He basically flexing on you being like, hey, it look what, <laughs> look, I, I got it. Y'all gave this to me. The Lord wanted me to have this. Man, I wish I had that power sometimes. Sometimes people do have the power to, and, and I want that power because I want it to do good for, for doing good. It's almost a superpower when you can convince so many people to just go with what you're saying. That's wild as fuck to me. It's a mind control thing to just, you just go on with what I'm saying. I'm going to tell you, Lord said this. You got to come over here. Give me the church. or I mean, what is it? A fear of death or the fear of God? Because the fear of God, I would think that anybody who's been on the Internet and shit, that shit's over. Like you living every day, you seeing all this shit. But the fear of of uh, uh, death by God. Well, no, that's not that. You know what I'm talking about. Like, where, where the fuck, how, and I know some of these church people are straight up looking at that video online, circulating, while people are like, you know, what's that other, that, um, the pastor with the, uh, COVID, um, uh, when he was like, COVID-19, <gasps> and just blew, <laughs> uh, uh man uh what's his name oh kenneth copeland let me show you oh if i can find this clip this lady was trying to uh get kenneth copeland to uh she was calling his ass out basically and this man i'm like bro y'all are all scam artists bro joel olstein all you motherfuckers you ain't doing no good it's just y'all know it y'all know that the church bring the money Y'all know that the church, you don't have taxes. Spreading fake-ass word around. I think this is one. Uh, life of luxury and to fly around in private jets. Oh, yeah. Very simple. It, it takes, takes a lot of money to do what? Oh, hold on. This girl's doing a voiceover on this shit. Wait a minute. Oh, wait. And it, but you can see this man talking about it takes a lot of money to do what we do. Oh, no. Like, hold on. We got to find this man. Hold on. Kenneth Copeland. Uh, oh, yeah. Here we go. Right here. Man, why the fuck everybody got this wild ass music on it? Luxurious travel, Lens. Movie director Tyler Perry. 
He's flown his jets to his vacation ski resort in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, at least 143 times since 2000. So why not fly coach? Who better to explain his reasoning than to that other high-flying preacher, his good buddy Jesse DePlantis? This dope-filled world, get in an air, get in a long tube with a bunch of demons. Right, that's exactly the And it's, it's deadly. We caught up with Robert oh, is deadly? in Branson, Missouri. Here we go. You said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. If I flew commercial, <laughs> I'd have to stop 65% of what I'm doing. How much money did you what? pay for Tyler Perry's Gulfstream jet, for example? Well, for example, that's really none of your business, but... Isn't it the business of your donors? Listen, he made that airplane so cheap for me, I couldn't help but buy it. It's impossible. Boy, that shit is insanity to me, that people can be in the church and still be listening to that shit. Oh. What the fuck? That is, that is crazy. That's crazy. Church is a scam. So um, whenever y'all go wake up, you know, the Bible has great stories and great morals and good things to live by in life. But the stories ain't real. Um, So let's move forward. Uh, I had posted something Um the other day or yeah the other day about food challenges in atlanta because number one i was hungry and number two i start seeing all these challenges on tv because i watched all that shit man versus food and all that and we watch all the latest ones like i see it all especially if it got something to do with food i've seen it for the most part but anyway um you know, he was never he went to atlanta once and did that big pie in the sky challenge which is like a 30 inch pizza uh, but I'm like, man, I saw a video of someone doing a wing challenge somewhere and it's like all you can eat wings. And I think he won by eating like 48 or something like that. And I'm like, put me in this damn challenge. I need to be in a challenge ASAP. Like I really need a wing challenge or shit. Give me a taco challenge or something like I, I'll do the challenge. Uh, burgers, mm, not going to happen. Unless you give me the little White Castle burgers. I know some of y'all probably like, nah, that's nasty. I love White Castle. I grew up on that shit. So, which is why I probably would go to um, Crystal's. But y'all think Crystal's is nasty. And it is. They have horrible fries. I do not eat at Crystal's like that. But if I do want the um, White Castle flavor, then I will go to Crystal's. Every now and then, I haven't been in a long time. Stop trying to judge me. But, um, yeah, food challenges is where it's at. And I know the Vortex over here had this crazy-ass burger, the quadruple bypass or whatever. But um, Or spicy challenges. I, uh, I haven't seen that anywhere either uh, in Atlanta. But I might bring that shit. I might bring it. But I don't have money to support a challenge. <laughs> Because the all-you-can-eat wing challenge, they basically was filling a bowl, and as soon as it was done, someone came right back with more flavors. And I'm like, this looks amazing. I want to be involved in it. Um, I'm about to start showing y'all some more food, too. Next year is really going to pop off with the food for sure. Uh, I mean, y'all already know we got our company, and... Um, 
there's actually a whole lot more that we're trying to do with it. Uh, we'll be in some food festivals and stuff like that. But like, um, excuse me. Uh, one of my um favorite people to uh um uh, to follow online right now is a guy who um he has a uh thing called high speed dining, and um. High speed dining is like he go to a lot of nice restaurants, uh, mostly Michelin star. And I mean, he doing this all himself um, with his phone and just eating good. And he been really putting me on to some spots. I'm trying to get out there. Uh, Atlanta don't have any Michelin star, but it's a handful. And um, I'll be doing that. Y'all will see uh, more of that, you know. A whole lot more of that. Um, but yeah, um, I had seen this thing the other day. Uh, three six, uh, DJ Paul from three six was saying that a lot of people think that um, black people is uh their listeners for three six predominantly, and I was like, I don't think that. I don't think a lot of people think that. And then I start thinking about it more, and I'm like, I know exactly who his listeners is. He said the Latino community is real big, and I'm like, that makes sense too. But I remember in high school when we would be around white boys or white people in general who listened to, or anybody that wasn't black, listening to uh, rap music or whatever, they always had some 3-6 uh, and Bone Thugs. But 3-6 was always in there. And I'm going to just go out and say it's probably because of the darkness of the the music. Um, You know, they talked about smoking and shit, but it has some of that, you know, Satan-y feel. And black people don't be involved with that shit. A lot of black people are very religious and they not playing with nothing that is even close to devil or devil worshiping. That's how black people were with Bone, too. Satan! They like the rapping and stuff, and they like them hits. The first of the month is all good, but, you know, when it get to uh, some of that, um, um, you know, that 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 dark and real, because uh, they sample a lot of horror movies, too. Um, 3-6 got their own sound, and not only are they, they are highly influential now. Even though a lot of black people don't listen to them like that, they are highly influential uh, in the rap game right now. Like, very. I mean, you look at Duke Deuce, he trying to keep that whole vibe alive in uh, Tennessee now. And he's doing a great job. But 3-6 is fucking Tennessee and Memphis. Like, they they are out there. And... Uh, Shout out to them because they really are. I used to listen to them, though. You know, I listened to beats. I never got into I wasn't really religious or none of that shit. So you never really saw me talking about that uh, Satan shit and, and thinking about that. But um, but yeah, that was pretty dope. Speaking of uh, influential people, too, I saw this post that um, JD was talking about how he uh, started 106 in Park for Bow Wow. Bow Wow just reposted it today talking about Cap. And I'm like, what is he lying about, man? I don't know. And then the brat responded to him saying that. 
she was there and she got the receipts and all this. And I'm like, I believe him after this. I mean, y'all take a listen to this and you tell me uh, if you. Uh, yeah. 106 and Park was created by me. I created the show for Bow Wow. I was watching MTV mm-hmm. and MTV had TRL. And they was catering to NSYNC, they was catering to Backstreet Boys, and anything white that was coming out that was pop, they was allowing these kids to scream and holler at them. And I'm like, yo, we we don't have nothing for black people. Like, where's the black kids that love music? Why don't they have a show like this? So I called Stephen Hill, and I say, yo, I got an artist. We need to make a show just like uh, TRL. He said, what's the artist? And I said, his name is Bow Wow. Of course, he was like, I don't know. You know, everybody challenges what I'm saying. Yeah. Mind you, they wasn't going to put Bow Wow on TRL like that because he was a rapper. He was a black little young boy rapping, but he also was 12 years old. Nobody on TV was 12 years old anywhere creating this type of pandemonium, right? I went to Stephen Hill, and I'm like, yo, we need this show. We need this show. We need a show on BET that shows black artists like this. Uh, Let me tell you what, um, let me see what the Brad said. Cause she just, as I'm fucking recording this shit, she had just said something. And I was like, here we go. Said, man, what the fuck? I really don't have time or patience for this shit, but I got both today. Bow, what? What did she say? Bow, what I can't let you do is discredit my big brother, J.D., who you called for dad, who you called your dad for, for many years. Because... That is pretty much the role you gave him. And instead of saying, hell no, he rocked with it. You are being so rude and disrespectful to the person who believed in you, nurtured you, made you a complete star, wrote all your hits, accepted the challenge when Snoop brought you to him. Uh, He has never done anything to you but help. I ain't finna let you drag the most non-confrontational person who loved, cared for you, and spoiled your ass for years. He He isn't and never would discredit BET execs. He discussed creating 106 before it was started so black people could have our own TRL. No cap. If this is what you want to do, let's fucking go. Pull up little nigga with your disrespectful ass. So ungrateful. And then she said, oh, and then she tagged him in the uh, status and said, you really on some bullshit right now. Now, you know, I got all the receipts and know the whole story. To a lot, a lot. Don't do this. Respect the legend. Respect the cultural icon. Respect the person who made your career what it is. I'm asking you now to please stop. I'm sorry, JD. I cannot be silent about this anymore. Um, Bow Wow, you're fucking up. But, um, you know, I believe the Brad. I wasn't in that whole situation. I believe JD, too. I mean, this was all in the beginning stages of stuff. This is why things started or whatever. But uh, shout out to JD, though, if that is 100% true that you um, tried to get uh, 106 and Park. I I knew it, though. I mean, I don't know who started it, but I knew what 106 and Park was for at the time when it came out. Right when it came out. Because we just didn't have it. And BET didn't have that. And MTV was fucking crushing it with that. And they definitely had some black artists on um, MTV, but it was like you you had to be big. Um, and I don't think they were personally discriminating. I mean, people wanted to get on there. People wanted to be on TRL and and, um, you know, and see all that shit. Yeah. Um, 
But um and I miss I miss 106 in part. They used to have all these freestyles too. So many dope artists was doing their freestyle Friday. For sure. I don't know where they at now. Only one I usually see, I actually see him on the internet a lot, is uh Blind Fury, the dude who was blind and he used to be going in with the freestyles. And he still does now. I think he does other stuff though. I think he's making some kind of money doing his own thing, so that's good. But as long as that's going then, you know. More power to all of them. But, uh, yeah, JD started it, man. Info. New info. You know? Anyway, uh, I am about to get out of here so I can do some last-minute Christmas shit. We barely decorated in here, uh, which is probably why it doesn't make me feel Christmassy um, in here. I got a couple lights. I got a couple little, I don't know, um, it's not an elf, but they're like Christmas animals around the house. Um, I mean, I'm not going to do too much more decorating. I'm just going to get this house prepared because I got a pretty light work week. And um, we get into Christmas. So Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a great time. Eat your food. Thank you for joining Espresso. And we back with a motherfucking New Year's Eve episode about life next week. <laughs> Thank you for joining.